0: Voted the third most livable city in the world, Adelaide truly is designed for life. In the Experience Adelaide podcast, hear stories from the people who are creating great experiences and opportunities in the CBD as we showcase the amazing events, hotels, businesses, schools, and more right in the heart of our city.
1: The head of marketing, ticketing and digital at the Adelaide Fringe, Ella Hughesman has a big role to play in delivering what was the largest event in the Southern Hemisphere in 2021. The Fringe has evolved dramatically over the seven festivals in which Ella has been involved, with ticket sales nearly doubling over that time. This episode will really open your eyes to the positive impact that events like The Fringe have on the South Australian economy. Now, I understand that The Fringe last year was the biggest event in the world.
0: Yes, yes, it was. Amazing. How does that feel? It's pretty exciting. Little old Adelaide, you know, but uh, incredible. And we, you know, it was a hustle. It was uncertain. COVID was terrifying. Um, but normally we are the second biggest arts festival in the world behind Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, and unfortunately, due to COVID, they didn't go ahead in 2020. So we claimed the title of the biggest on earth in the world. Uh, and then we retain our title in 2021 as the second biggest arts festival. Uh, in the world so sort of paraphrasing
1: it is the biggest show on earth it is the biggest show on earth yeah it's wonderful and we needed it last year yes. really badly didn't we did we? yes and it wasn't just for our economics and my god it delivered there but give us a sense of why the fringe is so important to us just as for our culture for our for our well-being
0: yeah so Adelaide Fringe, we exist uh, to provide a platform for artists to perform on uh, and for audiences to come and see work from all over the world. And I think uh, just the joy and the sheer excitement that South Australians feel, the pride that they feel for the Fringe is is immeasurable and we see that every year. Uh, and I think, you know, especially in COVID times, uh, art is so important anyway, but uh, for people to be able to come out and get together after you know the year that we'd had, uh, artists to be able to perform for a lot of a lot of artists, especially uh, fringe regulars, they hadn't performed since the last time they are on stage at the end of the fringe of the year before. So I think it was. Um, Saturday afternoon, I remember we we're sitting in our CEO's office. We got called in because there was about to be a press announcement by the premier, uh, and from midnight on the Sunday night, there would be uh, a restriction on any events uh, over five hundred capacity. And we all just sort of, you know, <gasps> bated breath. Uh, we just scraped through. So it was. It was. Pretty real then, you know. We heard all the rumors as, as the final week was coming to a close, and then it, and it happened. But we we just scraped through, so we were so lucky. Um, but for so many, that meant the end of their income. So so many artists no longer had the opportunity to perform on stages and and make make an income as independent artists. That's what they have to do. Uh, and we went into various lockdowns. Uh, and yeah, how how awful and terrifying! And it was a really you know scary time. So you know we buried our heads down and worked hard for the next year to get, you know, the 2021 Fringe on on the world stage and and we did and it was incredible. So, I think um, South Australians were just so on board, which was amazing and, uh, you know, border closures made it a little bit uncertain, but we definitely, you know, had those tourists still coming. So, I think we had, you know, 26,500, just under 30,000 tourists come over for the Fringe um, from... You know, nationally, uh, obviously, international borders made it difficult, but people just—they were here. They embraced it. They're out and about. Um, they're excited. They bought tickets in droves. You know, and and it was really, really incredible to see. So yeah, because
1: it was so good for us. And so it was good. so good for our bottom line.
0: Yes, yes. The economic just, impact. Just, just yeah. give us
1: a, just a little snapshot of how big that was for our bottom line. Yes,
0: I mean, this year we sold six hundred and thirty-two thousand tickets. It's on average twenty thousand tickets a day, every day for thirty-one days. Is how many tickets we sell. It's phenomenal. It's you know bigger than some festivals sell entirely in the country in their entire sales. You know what they've got Just to sell it every day. We happen we do that every day, and and that's another thing about about the fringe is that we you know we bring on nearly two hundred casual box office staff to sell those tickets, and they're from all walks of life as well. And it's brilliant to see people learning and hearing about the Fringe and wanting to be involved. And so that's my pride and joy is the ticketing, the box office team. They're so delightful and they get to talk to all the customers every day, you know, to produce that immense amount of, you know, economic return. Yeah, that box office for those 632,000 tickets was $16.4 million. Uh, And then we take a fee out of that and then the rest goes straight back into the pockets of artists. So we're a not-for-profit arts festival. We don't profit from this. We literally sell the tickets for the artist take a small fee for the operational costs of the website and the staffing and then we give it back to the artists and venues in the hopes that that, that's their income and and everything we do tries to drive more money back into the pockets of artists and venues. That's why we exist, really. I mean, in terms of the number of artists on stages and the the vast participation, we had uh, over 5,000 artists, participants at Adelaide Fringe, uh, and that was over 900 shows. So, in the end, it was 905 registered events happening at the Fringe, which – in 2020, it was uh, just over a thousand. So it actually wasn't, you know, people expecting this huge dip and it just, we didn't see that. So it was still amazing to have that many events. Um, and that was across uh, 394 performance spaces. So, you know, from Adelaide CBD all the way out to Wyala and Mount Gambier, we had venues across the state. Yeah, the Adelaide Fringe
1: is actually more than just Adelaide, isn't it?
0: Yes, absolutely, yes. Um, and people might have seen, you know, we've done a, a big campaign to sort of celebrate Fringe in the regions but also in the suburbs. Uh, so it really does extend outside of the CBD, though, you know, the, the pulsating heart of the Fringe is in the city, so which the is heart, amazing. The, heart,
1: the heart will always be in Kansas. The heart will always
0: be <laughs> in Kansas, absolutely. A.K.A. Adelaide. Part of what we do is to make Fringe as accessible to audiences as possible. Adelaide Fringe sort of started on the um, back of the Adelaide International Arts Festival uh, 62 years ago uh, where artists weren't curated in the program and they wanted an opportunity to perform. So they started the fringe of the festival, which is where where this all began. So it's always been indie artist-led. It's always been grassroots up. Uh, And we as Adelaide Fringe and the organisers at Fringe HQ, as we like to call it, we we basically create a platform for artists and audiences to connect. So we don't run the venues or, or pick and choose who can be in. Anyone can do a show and we just facilitate it. We sell the tickets. We print a huge guide, 350,000 of them, and we distribute them and we we fly the flag of Fringe and then the artists and audiences jump on board and really embrace that. So, we have this, you know, we live and breathe making that accessible to as many people as possible. So, being able to take Fringe, uh, you know, out to the regions or work with local councils to get people on board using venues in small regional towns or we've got a great fringe caravan that we take on tour so we can pop up with fringe artists anywhere you like really and I think uh, the more that we do that and the more that we're embraced by South Australians but also you know if we head down to the Riverland we're just across the border from Victoria so Victorians are jumping in and learning about the fringe so yeah that's what we we believe is really important to, you know, put artists on stages and, and facilitate that and find audiences for them. So that's our that's what we live and breathe and that's why we do it. So
1: the mere sheer numbers of artists that you mentioned, let alone performance spaces, let alone ticketing and mm. marketing, I guess you've heard it before, but do you ever feel
0: like you're hurting cats? Highly talented cats. Highly talented cats, yes. Cool cats. Yes. Very cool cats. Yeah, cats. it's a it's a big operation. Uh, when you think of, of everyone involved, uh, you know people listening might be aware of uh, venues such as Gluttony, the Garden of an Earthy Delights and the Royal Croquet Club, which activate our park lands. Uh, They're huge venues. They have th- sometimes up to 30 tents within them. So if you think of all the tech staff, the front of house staff, the bar staff, the food and beverage vendors in each of those ven- venues. And then there's the bricks and mortar venues that uh, either exist year round, like the beautiful Holden Street Theatres or the Bakehouse Theatre. They, they exist year round and they, they reactivate again during, free. Time, but then you know the local pub who has a function room upstairs that becomes a fringe venue. We've had laundromats, we've had you know we've had toilet blocks, swimming pools. The aquatic centre had a beautiful show one year. So yes, it's it's difficult, and because that's people from all walks of life running venues. That's not necessarily arts people. That's you know council and uh, you know the swimming pool that they, they don't run events. They they do swimming. So we're trying to get them all on board. It is a little bit like herding cats. They're great cats, but yeah, we're trying to think of people from you know, across the spectrum of life who who have never normally maybe dipped their toes into the fringe pool. So, so
1: it is like a glitter ball, isn't It's it?
0: a giant glitter ball, absolutely. How do you
1: manage that?
0: Because you've got a relatively small team. Yeah, we do. Uh, about 35 to 40 people, um, including, you know, our marketing team. We have a, a really wonderful artists and venues team, which we're world-renowned for, actually, um, the programs that we run through the artists and venues team they provide support, they, they handhold uh, all of the artists through the registration process. So uh, we actually built a registration system in-house bespoke for us to sort of facilitate the festival. So artists jump on, they register their event and they match with a venue. So we have this great function called our venue finder. So any venue can jump on the platform, register an account and say, you know, we've got a, a theatre space, it's got um, really high ceilings, Um it's got aerial rigging or you could have a visual arts show and you could see people cabaret style or theatre style. And then an artist will come on and say, I'm looking for XYZ and plug all that in and it'll spit out the right venue for them. And then it's up to them to sort of match with the venue and negotiate the terms of their show. Um, and then it progresses through the stages of the registration um, and they put their ticketing prices in, their times and dates. And then at the end of that, it spits out the guide, which we print and distribute, and it also uh, appears on our website, and then we sell the tickets on behalf of the artists and venues. Um, We pop up the box offices, and um, yeah, so it is is a big beast, but we have some pretty amazing staff and some really cool systems in place that- enable it all to happen. You certainly do. (laughs)
1: Tell us about your role, Head of Marketing, Ticketing and Digital. You're right, it's a big title, title. but it's a very small title compared to the actual size of the role.
0: Yes, that's probably true. I have a ticketing background. I uh, actually started my arts career in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Fringe. So I worked at Edinburgh Fringe before I landed a role at Holden Street Theatres many, many moons ago um, under Martha, who's just wonderful and um, a lot of great guidance from her. Uh, and then I kind of moved into box office and ticketing roles and grew grew my experience and career through there. I moved back and forth between Adelaide and Edinburgh for nine, nine years, nine fringes, working contract roles between the two festivals. Speaking of cool. Yeah, pretty crazy. It was amazing. It, it was fun. It was fun. It was a really, a really good time. i reflect on it so fondly. Watching Edinburgh, you know, struggle through their fringe the last few years has been really hard. Lots of really dear friends are over there. So, you know, we're so, we are so lucky here um, to have gone ahead. But yeah, so I now find myself head of um, marketing, ticketing and digital. And that's uh, looking after... A myriad of things. So, from our www.adelaidefringe.com.au website, which sells our tickets and has all of the information you'd ever need about the Fringe, uh, and that plugs into our registration system, which is the digital part. So, we've got um, a developer in-house, two developers and a project manager. The digital team uh, look after the registration system and how that talks to the website, which is very complicated with a lot of APIs and a lot of you know back- back-end uh, coding. Um, and then we also pop up all the box offices, so big fringe corner uh, in the East End, a huge run of more box office, um, and then various box offices around some of the venue hubs. And we run a call center, so that po- that you know, switches on when tickets go on sale at the beginning of December. Um, and then, of course, the marketing team, which is another utter beast. But, of course, our website is one of our biggest marketing tools. So, the connection between ticketing, digital and marketing to some might sound a bit foreign, but actually it's it's perfect symmetry internally in our office. Um, and having the marketing team know what the ticketing team is up to, dates, times, prices, um, what shows are coming up, what's cancelling, all of that kind of thing is is perfect unison which is great um and you know the marketing team we work across um social media but we print our guide we have billboards across the state um we do uh a whole bunch of publicity we work with artists from the ground up to promote their shows we we like to be very fair as an open access festival where we haven't said oh we want to we want you to be in our program and not you we don't do that anyone can be involved so we treat them all very equally so we have to be very clever and the team are very clever in the way that we break down the program for people, which we do get a lot of feedback that it can be quite overwhelming. Of course, it's, you know, 900 plus, sometimes 1200 plus shows. So how do we make it easy to pick the perfect show for you? And that's a lot of what we're doing, both on the website and in our marketing, trying to, um, you know, break it down so that people can, um, you know, hone in on maybe maybe a venue area or a hub of venues and, or maybe they love comedy or maybe they just, they don't care what they're seeing. They want to see something at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. So we have all these amazing features and filters on our website that allow you to break that down. Um, but we also all go see shows ourselves So and our families do. And that's the beauty of it. It's Adelaide and South Australian support Fringe so wholeheartedly that we're really connected with our community. So we, we know what people are looking for and um, we trawl the program. We have a big group all in um, just before we kind of go live and we look for themes or, you know, one year there was a lot of shows about bubbles or shows about water or um, – you know, there's general themes that you can see and identify pretty quickly but we try and dig a bit deeper and then you can really help people filter down and that that's great engagement through social media, you know, and and we kind of help people to um, find really what they're looking for and bring those little gems of shows right to the top, um, which is a real joy, which is, yeah, a real joy. The connection you have with community is extraordinary. Mm. How do you
1: think you've managed it?
0: Yeah, I think 60 years of... Um, of existing and really, you've done more n- than exist. Oh, uh, absolutely! Sixty years of history, I should say, and then you know the the engagement that we have through both artists and audiences is really important. I think our reputation, uh, especially in the artist world, is is stellar, and we really love that, and that's really important to us. And we do nurture that. We spend a lot of time and energy listening to artists, asking for feedback. Um, working with them on how we can develop them. We have the most incredible uh, grants program uh, where we raise money through donors, through our donor circle, but also one off donations at um, point of checkout. So we always ask people would you like to give a dollar or five dollars to the artist fund? And that enables us. to give out hundreds of thousands of dollars of the grants each year. Um, We've also done that through some backing of the state government and some of our sponsors have donated funds over the years to facilitate that. I think through government funding and our own private donations, we gave out $750,000 before the 2021 Fringe to artists, straight out to venues and artists to really help them after COVID. So I think our reputation in that space has really helped uh, grow our festival um, and then South Australians have really backed us for so many years. They really love fringe. If you ask anybody, uh, when should I come to Adelaide, or, or you're talking as an Adelaidean to someone from interstate, people always say, fringe time. Fringe, fringe time. time is the best time to be in Adelaide. And so I think that word of mouth is growing, and our reputation in South Australia and beyond. Uh, continues to grow and and I really think I, I don't love the saying something for everyone, but really, at fringe, there is, and if you know where to look and you' or, or you you don't even need to be looking, you you'll find it, you know, and I think the other really beautiful thing is that you don't have to be in a fringe venue, you can just be in the city on the streets and it's and it's a world of its own, Adelaide fringe, you know. Rundle Street's activated, every little side lane, it's summer, the weather's beautiful, people are out and about, restaurants are spilling out onto the streets. That's an amazing initiative that we implemented with Adelaide City Council and the East End Traders Association for all of those restaurants to trade out and the street performers and it is fabulous. So, you know, I think people love fringe time and they love fringe and therefore they want to buy tickets and support the artists and, and be a part of it.
1: You're right, because it does does take over. I mean, even your lovely signposts
0: now. Absolutely.
1: It's not just going to Rundle Street. It's actually telling you which fringe venues.
0: And how many minutes it takes to walk there. And it also now tells you those street signs, whether the venue is wheelchair accessible or not, which is another space that we're working very closely in to try and, uh, you know, help people and inform people of the best venue or the best event for them. So... Absolutely. Yeah, we've got some really cool initiatives that I'm really, really proud to have been a part of. So uh, companion card is a scheme that's run in Australia. So if you are a a person that requires a companion to attend a show with you for whatever reason, uh, then you apply as part of the scheme and you get a companion card. So we implemented about six years ago that every event registering as part of Fringe must offer that scheme before that, you could pick or choose it as an artist, but we just sort of implemented a blanket rule, which I think is is brilliant and that's kind of the norm now, but six years ago we were really proud of that. Um, and now what we've done is that you can actually jump online and register yourself as a companion card holder and then we verify that and it actually allows you to be able to buy a ticket online as a companion card. So you book your your ticket and then the ticket of your companion uh, without having to call our call centre. So it's all set up. We tag you in the back end. We... we you verify that that's correct and then you can just book a ticket as a, as a regular, you know, ticket holder as, as per everybody else rather than in a lot of cases you need to call the call centre, wait on hold, speak to a, you know, trained professional in that space and it just didn't make sense to us. We, we want to eliminate barriers for participation in Fringe. So that was something that we implemented and we've had some really lovely feedback from community members who are just thinking, wow, why isn't this everywhere? So that's yeah. been really, really nice.
1: I think with so many things with Adelaide Fringe, you ha- you are leading it, aren't you? And other festivals around the world yes. and around Australia are watching.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, and I also think the artists, that they're the kind of cultural entrepreneurs of the fringe. You know, they're taking a risk. You know, we've had some conversations internally where an artist has told us that it's going to cost them $25,000 of their own money up front to put on a show, you know, to pay the artist properly and pay the venue and their set and crew and everything like that. And, you know, someone said, that's a house deposit, you know, it's a house deposit or a Fringe show. And for a lot of independent artists, that's the reality. So, it, you know, we need to support that. We need to find ways to make that possible and then help them sell tickets to return on that investment. So, um, yeah, we we see a lot of brilliant things on the Fringe because anybody can put on a show. So, if they're willing to take that risk and they can find a venue, then they're part of it. And, and you'll see, if you go back through the Adelaide Fringe program of the last 60 years, you'll now notice that a lot of those independent artists that cut their teeth in Adelaide are now on bills across the world in big international festivals, Broadway. Um, it's it's pretty amazing to see. Uh, and I'm not sure if um, those listening are aware we have this really wonderful arts marketplace called The Honey Pot. So that is a free service that we provide um, for artists that register and we actually, through funding and through fundraising, we bring out Uh, programmers and people from all over the world, really, to Adelaide for a big arts marketplace during the Fringe to see the work in real life, in situ, if you will. So we've had uh, cruise ship programmers. We've had the people from Australia's Got Talent. Uh, We've got the people from, you know, Broadway in New York or, you know, the local uh, arts theatre in rural Victoria also comes. They can see shows and then hopefully buy that work and and give it a, a longevity, give it give it life beyond Adelaide Fringe, to increase that income for artists, uh, which is a really great program that we run, and that's something that we do the best in the world. Really, uh, it doesn't really exist anywhere else where you can actually come and see the work in its in its environment with an audience. You know, there's a lot of marketplaces where people are performing or doing smaller segments of their work to industry but there's no audience. The, the gasp, the laugh, the cry, you know, that real emotion that you feel being in the room with the people enjoying the work, you can see how that's going to fit into your festival. You know, you can see the delight on the kids' faces. Yes, I want to take this. It's, it's pretty amazing.
1: We have a lot of festivals and events in Adelaide. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, what, why do you think they are such a big part of the Adelaide culture? fringe yes i think it's i think it's the reach i think it's the fact that fringe could be anywhere you know some of the festivals a beautiful festival womad that exists that has one of the beautiful you know most wonderful stages in in the world you'd say womad um they exist within a, within a fence perimeter and you know they sell out they absolutely sell out and that's wonderful uh it's also only 4 days so adelaide is adelaide fringe i should say is 31 days and nights which for a lot is for many people quite exhausting, but it also means that there's plenty of opportunity. So you can engage with Fringe for just over a month uh, across, you know, 390 odd venues, really. You can't go somewhere in the state and not see that Fringe is on. And I think that's the beauty of it. A lot of people are like, oh, it's the final weekend. I've got to get out to something. And then they can go and see you know, in a weekend, you could see 10 shows without really much effort. You know, it's, it, it sounds like True. a lot to people, but you no, really, no. you absolutely could, you know, a show on a Friday night, a kids show or two on Saturday, a matinee theatre show on Saturday afternoon, two shows back-to-back comedy somewhere on Saturday night and then drinks in the garden, drinks in the garden food on Rundle Street. You can really, it, it really engage in so much culture and so many different works of art. You still want to sort of increase your reach and how are you going about talking with people who aren't yet
1: yes. fringe people yes,
0: yes. and bringing them into the wonder of what fringe yeah. can mean? We uh, We have hundreds of thousands of customers in our database and they buy an average of 4.6 tickets each so, whether they're seeing four point six shows each or whether they're taking four point six friends each, you know that that differs from audience member to audience member. But of course, there are there are people all over the state that have probably never bought a ticket to Fringe but have probably engaged with Fringe. So maybe they have gone to the town hall in Murray Bridge and enjoyed some free live busking that was a beautiful new venue that was activated last year. So for those audiences in Murray Bridge that had never come to Adelaide for Fringe, now they've got a taste of it in Murray Bridge. So 2022, hopefully they'll buy a ticket to the show in the Town Hall or they'll come down to Adelaide and experience something that they weren't aware of. Maybe they hadn't had their eyes open yet to the magic of Fringe. Um so we we always have, you know, challenges to find new audience and that's, you know, that keeps that keeps the fire burning. You know, that's what drives us um but as we grow fringe in the regions and you know engage with more councils around fringe on tour we we find new audiences all the time and i think that's really wonderful um and and really exciting i th- i see them as a huge possibility you know uh, untapped audiences are opportunities so Absolutely. Mm. and it's what fringe delivers it's not
1: just entertainment is it it no. it, it also i mean entertainment's wonderful and we need to, we need to laugh we need to be entertained Fringe also challenges us, doesn't it? It gives us new ideas, different ways of looking, different ways of seeing.
0: Tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I often talk about the the vast differences in our program. You know, you could see um, a beautiful show in a, in a black box theatre, a really deep, powerful, moving event. You can go, you know, 10 minutes down the road and watch, you know, some of the biggest comedians in the world performing in a tent. Uh, you can go and eat beautiful food with, uh, through the Multicultural Society of South Australia. They put on some beautiful feasts, um, which is amazing. We also have had shows by the Knitting Guild of South Australia in the past, you know, and all the way up to some of the biggest magicians in the world and then incredible theatre and physical theatre. So the vastness of the program is what keeps it so exciting, um, but it isn't just what's on stage or... Uh, you know what you're expecting I guess is the magic of it that you you don't know really if you're open to going and seeing something new you don't know what you're going to see you don't know how that's going to make you feel some of the best shows I've seen that have really left a lasting effect were not the ones that I expected to do so and I think that is really the beauty of of fringe is that you you can see something that is just completely out of your realm of even thought a possibility and it just ignites something in you and that makes you want more and that's you know, I get goosebumps thinking about it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's fringe to me. But it is the city that, that allows it, you know, walking distance to everything. We're flat. The weather's beautiful. You know, we're close to the beach. It's a, the perfect melting pot for the fringe. I think that's, that's why we're lucky to be here. How can Adelaide businesses leverage? Yes. Many ways, actually. Uh, We run a great program Uh, over the years. It's evolved. So it was called last year, show us your ticks. So if uh, you were a a venue that didn't have uh, fringe shows, but you wanted to be involved and you did a little offer, which whatever you wanted it to be, maybe it was 5% off or, uh, you know, an upgrade from a schooner to a pint when you show your fringe ticks. And hopefully that opens the conversation to that venue. So, hey, next year you could be a full-blown fringe venue, you know. We can help you work out what is a great fit. Um, A lot of venues have untapped spaces at the back uh, that could could be a a visual arts exhibition space, which is really lovely, which is a really great way to be involved, uh, and that creates awareness about your venue. And so when we do speak to venues about why they are involved, there's a myriad of reasons. So some people just love it, they just want to be part of it, it makes total sense, there's no questions. Others want to find a new audience and therefore putting on something like a visual arts uh, exhibition or potentially a one-night music event, you know, or a meal and show, they can do that. Um, and others, they they already are running events. They just don't think to connect it to Fringe, you know, hitch on, I guess, to the Fringe train uh, and, and be a part of it. So, yes, we're always – and and also artists always ring us and they've got, you know, amazing ideas and we're thinking, okay, we want some venues – that have that so if we've got you know if we've had those conversations in the year we're ready to just introduce the artist to the venue which is brilliant
1: but now final words but i never asked you with you zipping between edinburgh and adelaide fringes how cool is that you could stay there you came back here we're thrilled was it a hard decision
0: yeah, it was a hard decision, but oh, Edinburgh is amazing, and the UK, you know, it, it's very different to here. Uh, and we have, Australians have a great reputation in the UK, so work, you know, work was brilliant. But this is my home, and I think really Adelaide and Fringe are so, you know, in sync together. And I had the opportunity to work here and live and breathe this for my life. And it really, in the end, when I think about it, is a no brainer. The weather, the people, you know, the proximity to the sea. Uh, The Fringe is Adelaide and Adelaide is, you know, Adelaide is Fringe and so I just feel really lucky to be here and to be able to be making a career out of this incredible festival. I feel really, really lucky. It's hard work, but I love it. This podcast is brought to you by the Adelaide Economic Development Agency. Follow us at ExperienceADL on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or visit experienceadelaide.com.au for everything you need to know about visiting, living, working, studying and investing in Adelaide.